What's going on, Wolfpack Nation? Thank you all so much again for tuning in here. So we got an exciting episode. Decided to change it up a little bit here. We haven't done an episode like this before, but super excited to do. We got Matt here from, and you, you may not recognize him, but it's, it's, episode, it's a podcast called Fourth and Dude, and they, they talk Boston College, uh, that they're Boston College in and out. And if you haven't checked them out, uh, you can find them all major podcasting. I'll let Matt kind of talk a little, talk a little bit about it as, well, as well. But, you know, I'm sure too, probably we will probably have some fourth and do people listening to this as well or checking this out, which is awesome. But first of all, thank you, Matt, for joining us uh, today. Really yeah, do appreciate it. Hey, great to be here. Excited to talk football with you guys. So, first, Matt, I wanted to kind of, you know, start off with that. I know we were kind of talking a little bit here beforehand, but. What a great weekend of ACC football, but football in general. I mean, it was, it was, there were so many good games this season. I, I think, I think Boston College and NC State couldn't have picked a better bye week to have where we could literally all just sit on the couch and watch some awesome college football. No, that's exactly right. We, it was kind of a stress free Saturday for us, right? Didn't have to worry about winning and losing. And it was just, that's right. From noon all the way through. It was just nonstop action when you talk about Oklahoma all the way up through the Virginia Tech game. I mean, just nonstop action. One of the best weekends of college football yeah. that I can remember in a long time. I 100% agree with you on that. I mean, again, just ACC-wise, you know, you saw the huge comeback from Virginia to beat Louisville. Uh, you saw the Notre Dame Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Syracuse, you name it. There was so much good A&M. football. And so, didn't even talk about um, A&M. So we didn't even there... talk about A&M yet, right? <laughs> No, not yet. No. Not yet. Yeah. But again, Number I mean, hey, at the end of the day, we got our own big game coming up here a, a little bit here, a little bit later this week. So definitely look forward to talking about that. But first of all, I wanted to kind of ask you, so was there one game that maybe was a favorite to yours as well, or maybe that you had your eyes more on from the ACC side? Yeah, I mean, the ACC has had a rough go of it lately, right? So I kind of thought Virginia Tech, it was kind of a must win against a weak Notre Dame team. Um, and, you know, Lane Stadium looked like an electric environment. The Hokies look pretty good, you know, and, and you know, Burmese was doing things. I don't know how, how they were doing it, but uh, they were doing just enough to, to build that lead. And when they went up by eight with, you know, three or four minutes to go, I was like, all right, that's it. I mean, the way Notre Dame looked, especially without that big tight end, they couldn't move the ball. They didn't know, you know who was going to play quarterback. I mean, it, it, they couldn't throw the ball. They were still running the Wildcat, which I'm not sure how any offensive coordinators run the Wildcat in the year 2021. But so uh, really disappointing the ACC couldn't pull that one out because that would have been a nice little feather in our cap. Yeah, well, especially, too, because I feel like that, I mean, all of us ACCers, you know, definitely have a, not say a hatred per se towards Notre Dame, but just more of like a, God, like they 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 take me it's off the times. I mean, it's it's great to play them, but it's it's just like an annoyance because then they we're not really benefiting benefiting anything from them, and you know they're they're mostly a part of our conference, but they're not a part of our conference, so it's just a big fat annoyance. So 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 Matt, I wanted to kind of ask a little bit just for those state fans, you know, here. So so what is your kind of background with Boston College? Did you go to Boston College? You know, I mean, you know, just kind of get a little background about yourself as a Boston College guy. Yeah, sure. I've been a BC fan my whole life. Um, I graduated in the class of 2013, but but before that, um, you know, growing up in the area, you know, my parents went there, a bunch of my family went there. So I had season tickets from, mm-hmm. call it probably 2005, all the way up through uh, 2017, 2018. I recently moved down to Philly. So I currently live in the Philadelphia area and obviously tougher to get to games. I still try to go to three or four per year, but, um, you know, I've been a fan yeah. as far back as, Tom O'Brien, the Matt, the Matt Ryan days, we had some, you know, right when BC was joining the ACC, I remember that, you know, for example, the 2006 game, right? Uh, BC, we're down in Raleigh. We have the lead, a couple minutes to go. And I don't know how, I still don't know how we lost that football game with that Hail Mary, 
from the 30 yard line. I don't even know who I don't even know who your quarterback was back then, but I, somehow we lost that game in the final seconds. I'll never remember that. I was like 14 years old, and it was just a crushing defeat. Um, but but you know, ever yep. since then, yep. we've had a ton of good battles going back and forth. So you know, so like you said, me and my buddy, also named Matt. Uh, started doing this fourth and Duke podcast. It's it's an homage to the Steve Adazio days, right? And uh, he his big catchphrase was you know be a dude, and that caught on for a little bit until folks kind of realized that um, he was a lot of talk and, and not much substance. Um, but we've been covering the team, not really covering yeah. the team for for anyone important, but just for the two of us. And you know we got a, a decent you know Twitter following and all that. But it's been a lot of fun covering the team, especially recently. Um, right now that Halfley's been aboard, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my bit my background. Yeah. Been a fan, you know, as, as much as I can remember, and um, you know, a lot of folks don't realize that there are a few diehards in the Boston area when it comes to college football. I know we get a bad reputation out there, but there's a few of us diehards. Oh out yeah, there. yeah. Well, you yeah. got so many great <laughs> professional sports. I can uh, it's totally understandable, but uh, are you do you lean heavily more towards like the Patriots or are you like a Celtics fan or a Bruins fan? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Red Sox. The ones, the, yeah, I'm all I'm all Boston. You know, born and raised. Uh, you know, half hour north of the city, so I'm, I'm a diehard all, all Boston teams. But yeah, I would I would trade away a couple of Super Bowls probably for an Orange Bowl or something like that. You know, or, or even a March Madness appearance okay. these days with how the hoops teams been. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a pro sports town in the last twenty years. And we, just been so good in BC in the last decade or so has certainly fallen off um, ever since, you know, the Jack Kaczynski era, right? So things are changing and I'm not rooting for the past to suck, even though it kind of seems like we're heading in that direction. Uh, but if Halfley can fill that void, maybe we can generate some, some interest citywide in college football finally. Yeah. Well, it, 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 before we jump into Jeff Halfley though, I wanted to kind of bring up, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the 2006 era. And so, you know, I, you know, obviously with Boston College, you know, we obviously share one big thing in common that is obviously Tom O'Brien and the fact that, you know, obviously, you know, he was big for – I feel like he's, he's a big part of the Boston College football history, obviously, you know, with Matt Ryan and, and you know, and the teams that, you know, he had under him. And, uh, you know, obviously after that he came to NC State uh, for a while and, you know, he, you know, had his opportunities and, you know, did overall well, you know, with like Russell Wilson and then had his Matt Ryan-esque replacement in, in Mike Glennon, who actually played uh, the, for the Giants, actually. Uh, uh, we were recording this on Sunday, so today, actually, which was cool to see. Um, so so I wanted to kind of first ask, so what was your initial reaction? Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say Glennon had this pick six, six at, at the end of the game. Sorry, I didn't want to bring it up, but, uh, yeah, it was a, that was a tough oh, That's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey, you know, again, it, it's it's cool to see him there, but, again, it, it's, it's – He's it's, still it's, got it's, a job. <laughs> He's, He's still, still got a job. Exactly. He's yeah. still throwing it in. Rizingly, so, 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 but what was your initial reaction when uh, when the decision was made that, that Tom O'Brien would leave Boston College or, and, and head to NC State? What was your initial reaction during that time? It's tough to go back in, in, in that time frame because you didn't realize how good you had it, right? And it was consistent eight-win seasons. He would make a bowl. We would win the bowl. We had that, uh, what was it, eight or nine straight bowl win streak. And, um, but he could never win the big game. That was, that was the whole thing with TOB. And we all would always find, you know, late in the year, big game against the Florida state or someone like that. And we just wouldn't, we wouldn't have what it took. And, uh, it is funny that when he left, that team was so stacked in 07 and 08, we went on to, to go to consecutive ACC Atlantic uh, championships. That was TOB's team. 
And I'm certain that, and, and Jeff Jagosinski gets, gets all the credit, but that was TOB's roster. It had finally come together. We had studs mm-hmm. across the board. Obviously, Matt Ryan was the headliner, but that defense was incredible. Um, and TOB's fingerprints yep. were all over that football team. It is funny that when he went to NC State, he didn't quite have the same success, but overall, his, his legacy at BC is overwhelmingly positive. I think he's the all-time winningest coach, if I'm not mistaken, at BC. I should have double-checked that pre-show, but I think that's the case. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, I mean, they're wire studs for sure, but I mean – you know, even though necessarily maybe he didn't have as much success in terms of necessarily the amount of wins, the overall blueprint of how the seasons would go were generally the same, where basically he would get you six, seven, eight wins. He'd win a bowl game. He beat your rival, you know, um, and then and that was it, you know, and then he'll, he'll have one really he big win. He met the bar. But, he met, yeah, the, he bar. met like the bar. He, the bar was here. Yeah. And he always and he was got there. It's like, man, you can count on him to be right there. <laughs> right there at the bar, exactly. <laughs> so, but you know, hey, it, it's it's one thing. My uh, we wanted to kind of jump into is, yeah, I mean, you you had mentioned Jeff Halfley, and so now now we kind of talked about the old times. We want to talk about this time. So, I think for all of us at NC State, I think that it's mind boggling for us, and I think for everybody in the country for sure, seeing how great of a job Jeff Halfley's done so far. Um, at Boston College within his first year and a half and uh, you know how competitive he's been every single game and also too I mean just the the turnover from Steve Adazio where with Adazio it was just a really great defense specifically when Don Brown was there and the offense was always so-so and it just never really got more than that really and and but then now all of a sudden it's like wow Boston College is competing in the Atlantic and is right there to to win it even this year and and probably will be for for the near future. It, it's it's amazing to see. I think that all of us NC State, but nationwide, are astounded. First of all, so wanted to kind of let you kind of talk from a Boston College side, kind of expand on that a little bit there. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout Eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need, offering policies for home and auto recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time worrying and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. So, yeah, I mean, after Halfley got, got hired in 2019, you know, I think everyone from the BC fan base was kind of done with the Steve Adazio era. I mean, he, Adazio was consistently winning seven wins. Now he got a nickname, Seven Win Steve, as, as a result of that. He, he couldn't surpass that seven-win threshold. And, Ad, and Adazio, you know, sort of wasn't all that popular with the media. The, the style of play wasn't that popular. So, you know, when Halfley came in, he sort of rejuvenated the program in a lot of ways. And, a lot of it's sort of the off the field stuff where he's just like this intelligent, intelligent, personable guy. And he's, he's always joking around with the media and he takes accountability whenever anything goes wrong. Um, you know, on the field, we're actually, you know, a competitive football team. We're making smart in-game adjustments. Um, we're playing really good team stuff like the Clemson game that everyone saw last year. And certainly the Clemson game again last week. Um, we used to get blown out by, you know, ranked opponents. That was sort of what would happen, right? And um, with Halfley, yep. it doesn't matter. We, we sort of play up and down to our opponent, um, which is a little bit of a, a knock on Halfley that sometimes we, we have days off against you know, Syracuse last year comes to mind, stuff like that. But, 
you know, overall, yeah. he's just he's just the right kind of guy for this program. He's really ramped up recruiting. You know, BC's always sucked at recruiting. We've had a really hard time, you know, breaking into the top 50 when it comes to Power 5 recruiting. He's done that, especially defensive yeah. back at the skill positions. We're going up against Blue Bloods yeah. and, you know, SEC teams rather than just getting kind of the leftovers of the Northeast, uh, you know, from a recruiting battle standpoint. And, um, yeah. yeah, the program was just stale. It was time for a change. And, and obviously, we're still in the honeymoon phase a little bit with Halfley, but uh, you know, everything's sort of looking up at this point. If he continues on this trajectory, um, you know, sky's kind of but, the limit for this program. But the one, but the one thing though, which yeah, I will man. add though, so didn't Eli Drinkwood say that he's he doesn't really go after recruits in the Boston area? Am I correct on that? <laughs> Don't get me started on Drinkwitz. <laughs> what an idiot that guy is! Because he, guys he like was him, he was our oh yeah, oh, yeah. he was our OC. Not, no, no one really when he was here for two years or whatever. No one was like. He, in love with him, so yeah, yeah, he was yeah. fine. He single handedly lost that look. football game. He single handedly lost that football game from Missouri because I'll tell well, you what, our players were hyper focused. Our defense, in particular, was all over him, and like you just can't, you can't do that. What are you, what are you thinking? Making a comment like that? What's the game by saying? Well, what a, what an idiot. But yeah. see, that's yeah. right. But that's the same kind of thing that Jimbo Fisher did to Alabama, and he won. So it's like. True. Doesn't happen often, but well, why would you say something yeah. like Lane that? Lane Kiffin said it too. Well, well, Lane Kiffin again, said it too about Alabama, and, and they lost. Jimbo, he was more saying that before Nick leaves, because you know, obviously everybody's talking about that Nick Saban's going to retire at some point. That we're going to get him one time, but but Drinkwitz is I mean, basically yeah. was just hating on on the Boston well, area thing. Like, and yeah, I would like, say you know, this too. I would add this too. Uh, Jimbo's was more a statement about uh, Saban. Saban. Right. Drinkwitz was more about the players. Like, who cares about talent in Boston area? Boston. Who cares about yeah. who, would, who would want the players in that area? And those players are like, "Whoa, that's us." What are you talking versus about? Versus like just talking about one coat. It'd be like it'd be like him saying, yeah. "I'm going to go kick Jeff Halfley's butt." Okay, it's different when you're saying there ain't no talent up in Boston for football. That's a and whole that's different half, thing. Well, that's half I, our roster. Half our roster. I love Jeff Halfley's parts. Exactly. exactly. Right. That's, that's yeah. the other thing too. Yeah. Halfley won the uh, Halfley won the PR battle because he said, "Listen, I don't care where we. I'll jump on a plane right now. I'll go to Missouri. I'll play anyone, anytime, anywhere." So he won the PR battle. And I'll say this too: I was, we were talking earlier about how no one cares about BC in the Northeast. Kind of true, kind of not. People actually cared about this football game because now you're offending Bostonians. Right now you're coming after New Englanders. You don't do that. Yeah, it got personal real quick. Result. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I did want to bring up is now we're kind of, you know, talking a little bit here is one of the biggest blows, I think, to, to Boston College for sure this season was the, the loss of Phil Dracovic. Uh, mm. You know, I think that was, you know, because I, I think for all of us State fans, even particular that, you know, you watch Boston College in that first game or so. And I mean, it was clear Boston College was a talented team. And, and I, I knew and I think we all knew that. I mean, it was it, that was going to be a tough, you know kind of you know hill to push through uh you know playing playing that team and uh you know i think overall i mean i, I think i think you guys have actually even said it that uh you know uh gabe grossel was one of the best you know backup quarterbacks in in college football and i mean he's definitely seemed to i mean basically just saying like he, he hasn't been you know spectacular but he's been very i mean he's been very solid for sure that very impressed overall so i mean you know kind of if you wouldn't mind kind of you know talk a little bit more about you know maybe what your initial reaction was when you heard Phil Jakovic being out for the season, then, 
you know, your, your thoughts so far on Grossel's performance so far this season. Yeah. So Denny, we said it for, you know, going back to last year, because Denny would come into these big spots and it, he'd come, it'd be a, a key third and five, right? And he would make the perfect strike and it'd be right. And it'd be, you know, in traffic, Clemson game comes to mind. He got, he extended a drive that almost won us the football game. He came in against UVA and set the program record for passing yards in a game, tied with Doug Flutie, lit him up for 520 yards. So in spots, Denny's like, he, he's so much fun to root for. He's been with the program for five or six years now, knows the offense like the back of his hand. Um, but he was a QB too for a reason. And, you know, just to talk about Jericho for a little bit. I mean, obviously it, it, the guy has the measurables. He has, you know, an absolute cannon of an arm. What he did last year, you know, at times putting the team on his back. The other thing, too, is we've never had weapons like this before. You know, the BC football that, that you guys are used to doesn't have guys like Zay Flowers or Jalen Gill or C.J. Lewis, these big, fast receivers that can compete with anyone. You know, ACC quality D-backs, you know, the likes of Clemson, right? Like, we are as loaded at the wide receiver position as we've ever been. So that was a big part of it, too. It's it's kind of our passing attacks fully come together. We got a great O line that can protect the quarterback. And Jericho, if if he had had the year that we were hoping he was going to have, probably a top five quarterback prospect. Um, you know, again, certainly has the size. Certainly, oh, Chuck Hogan's good. Um, so yeah. it goes without saying that our, our season sort of changed, right, completely once Jericho went down with a broken hand in week two. Um, but I'll say this yeah. about Denny. I mean, Denny Grissel, like I said, I mean the guy's a gamer. We cut, we kind of uh, compare him to Brian Fitzpatrick because he has just this way of getting you know getting first downs and keeping plays alive. You don't know how he does it, and he's limited when it comes to talent. He was a preferred walk on, you know, going back a few years. He's pretty accurate when it comes to short and medium routes. When he has time to throw, when it's single coverage, he can do all that, and he should, he put that on display against Clemson, you know, last week. He can do that. The problem is if our running game isn't working, or if there's guys in his face, or he's trying to you know beat double coverage downfield and he starts voicing things, that's not his game. He has a definitive ceiling. Um, so he can be a great piece, and he can be a, a, a great – I hate the word game manager, but he can be a great game manager. He just needs a couple pieces around him mm -hmm. uh, to be successful. So, you know, I think a lot of people thought the yeah. sky was falling when Jericho went down. We've been a little more, uh, you know, optimistic when it comes to what Denny can do, but it's, it really has been on the coaching staff to really pivot how this offense works. Um, and it's going to be on kind of everyone to step up for the rest of the season because it probably, you know, we're probably 10 points less explosive uh, with Danny as opposed to uh, as opposed to Phil. But we can still win football games with Danny, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I, thought, and, I thought you, cool. I was going to say, I thought you guys, when I look back at that Clemson game, you know, and overall in the season since Dennis and since Roselle's been playing, I, we, we've been talking about it. I mean, he's looked way better than I, I didn't know who, I mean, I didn't know who he was. And, He's looked pretty good for a backup quarterback coming into play. It's kind of makes you think a little bit of how we had a quarterback last season uh, when De Devin Leary got injured. Bailey Hockman came in. No one really knew who Bailey Hockman was, but he came in and he was like, "Wow, okay, he's actually doing pretty good." So with Grozel, yeah. I'm. I mean, I I still think you've got. There's still you don't have to drop Boston College and have to change their expectations a ton. Coin yeah. of the season, yeah. Well, especially now that you step. see how the ACC is looking right now. Yeah, yeah. Here's a stat for you. You guys saw what he did last last week against Clemson, and he's getting vilified for that bad snap at the end, right? On 
which which sucks. And he missed a, cu- a couple guys on those on those yeah. you know a couple deep bombs that people have said, oh, Jericho hits those all the time, and it would have been great. You know, guys had separation; those would have been touchdowns, that type of thing. But he threw for 311 yards. There's only four quarterbacks in the last three years that have thrown for 300 yards against Clemson: Justin Fields, Ian Book, and Joe Burrow. That's a pretty good list to be on. So, you know, I'm probably as positive as it comes to, you know, being a Dennis Grissel believer. Um, The rest of the fan base is a little down on him. You guys know how how fan bases work. If I'll put the backup in. Our backup is is now like a sophomore, that true sophomore that's never, you know, gotten a snap before. That's not going to happen. Denny's our guy. He can also kill kill you with his legs. He's a smart player. And, uh, you know, hopefully the coaches use the bye week to sort of restructure the offense uh, around his capabilities first because it's not filled back there anymore. Yep. Yep. Michael, you got anything? With yeah, I was gonna say with so with uh Jeff Athley, obviously you seem to like him and think he's got doing got the program going in a good direction. Where do you see the ceiling for him and for Boston College just as a program in general? Because obviously, you know, you, you get Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State that are always competing for national titles, and then you get teams that are consistently top twenty five. Um where where do you see the, the ceiling for Boston College there as a program? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and now the ACC is looking a little different, especially the Atlantic, right? If, you know, and let's not overreact. Clemson's still going to be Clemson, we think, right? They're going to figure it out. But Florida State's down for the count. Right. Louisville hasn't been good in a while. It's you guys and us, and then pretty much no one, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, because of that. Wake Forest. Don't forget Wake Forest. Wait, I would true. say Wake Forest. That's, no, you're right. You're right. This you're right. Although their schedule, their schedule's yeah. been pretty soft. I think they they got some work to do. They're a good team, but I agree with that. To to prove it. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. listen. I think that it ebbs and flows. Like when when Clemson's the best team in the country, when Florida State's a top ten team, when Louisville has Lamar Jackson, and you guys know this, right? In the 2015, 2016 days, it's tough to you know mm-hmm. do much better than seven and five, right? Now that it's a little more even, now that it's a little more, you know, we, if we can, you know, field a half decent team, we got a shot at it. I don't know. I think I think consistent eight mm-hmm. four with the potential to go ten and two type of thing, and then maybe you know, maybe I don't know, six and two gets you into the ACC Atlantic Championship, and then you can win the ACC. You know, all a lot of that's contingent on Clemson actually coming back down to earth a little bit. But I think that's where BC wants to be. I think we want to be eight eight wins should be our, ce- our ceiling or our, our floor rather. And then, you know, we have a couple of years where we put it well, together. Yeah. We have a, you know, a generational quarterback like Phil, and we have, you know, great receivers, this great O-line. Why can't we compete? Why can't we be a, a 10-win-a-year a team, uh, at least, you know, once every few years? So, I don't know. It seems like that's what Halfley's building. The question is, is he going to stick around and, and, and you know, for the long term and, and really build it and see it through? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I hope it is. He's saying all the right things at this point. But this is a, the kind of guy that you know we could get hired at a USC or, or any other program across the country, um, just with how much the national media loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll and we'll and we'll definitely pick that topic up uh, here with the next episode. So we're actually we'll save that for our next part. But thank you all so much again for tuning in. Please make sure if you haven't already, please make sure to hit that free subscribe button. It really helps support us in the channel. Please give this video a like. Check out all of our other great state content. And also make sure to go, if, if, if you want to, check out 4th and Dude. And again, uh, Matt, I'm assuming you guys are on all major podcast networks. Am I correct on that? We sure are. We're also on Twitter at 4th uh, for the number 4th and Dude. 
Perfect. Yep. So make sure to go and check them out and uh, stay in touch with them. But thank you all so much again for tuning in. And as always, go pack, y'all. Peace.